Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're tuning into an episode of the Redefining Society podcast, hosted by Marco Ciappelli. Let's face it, the future is now. We live in a hybrid analog digital society, and we must stop ignoring it or pretending that technology is not affecting us. The line between the physical and virtual worlds has become a figment of our imagination. On it, we are continually performing a dangerous balancing act, juggling convenience, privacy, freedom, security, technology, society, culture, and even the future of humanity. There is no better place than here, and no better time than now to muse on our relationship with technology and how to redefine what society means in this new age. Black Cloak provides concierge cybersecurity protection to corporate executives and high net worth individuals to protect against hacking, reputational loss, financial loss, and the impacts of a corporate data breach. Learn more at blackcloak.io. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. Well, hello, everybody. This is Marco Ciappelli, and this is Once Upon a Time Tomorrow. And uh, today, uh, if you're watching the, the video, you may be thinking, what happened to Sean and Raphael? And the answer to that is that we don't know. They, uh, <laughs> they didn't show up for some reason. We hope they're fine. And I think it's, uh, you know, we, we got to respect that, Kerry. It's uh, their privacy. We do, we do. <laughs> to the whole private thing we just we were just talking about uh, <laughs> hi folks this is Carrie this was out here um but uh, I mean it's it's kind of funny you said that we don't know where Raf and Sean are but um if you really wanted to find out and we just track their social media posts we potentially can figure out what they're up to and that seems to be that seems to be the norm and and more we are willingly sharing our data online yet at the same time we also want more security and more privacy so i mean that seems a bit contrarian to me like you, you want to i want to tell you where i am but i don't want you to know where i am does that make sense that that's what it seems to me i want to show you my selfie in front of the fell tower but i don't i don't want you to know where i am <laughs> you're kind of bothering right. This need to be on social media of sharing everything, but also, hey, you still need to respect my privacy when I decide not to share something. So, so what does, does privacy mean, that, mean now? Yeah, well, so so does that mean that, okay, you know that I'm in Paris, but um, but you don't know where I'm staying or what I'm doing or what I'm doing on, un, unless I share with you. So again, that's the confusing bit, right? I mean, there was... 
there's this case that um, more and more people are saying, do not sell my data. Um, when we buy stuff on credit card, we sign up on website. They, everybody's saying, do not sell my data. Um, but yet at the same time, why don't, so there's two reasons to not sell the data. Is it, are they, are they concerned that people are going to monetize that data and they're not going to see any of it? Or the other concern is, um, if you have my data, then you know exactly what I'm doing and where I'm going to go. But the latter bit, I'm already doing that. Every time I do a, do a post on Instagram or tell people on LinkedIn or announce my, um, announce my whatever I'm doing on Twitter or which is now X on X, uh, we are willingly telling people what's going on. So what, what is, so in my generation, privacy, or I, I'm guessing you and I, Marco, for us, privacy meant that, hey, it's, if I tell you something, great, that's public knowledge, do what you want. And most of the stuff, it's private. My, my, what I do, my birthday parties with my friends and stuff, very private. I'll take pictures, but share with very few friends. But that seems to have gone away. And privacy today seems to be more like, hey, stranger, look what I'm doing. I'm climbing Yosemite. Oh, I'm climbing, climbing, or I'm hiking through Yosemite. And look what a gorgeous picture it is. Um, yet, I'm also going to be upset if you if you now know where I am and, and start sending me ads or start sending me. So if, if an REI looks at it and says, oh, this person likes hiking and I'm going to start sending ads to them to buy more stuff. Um, so is that what privacy means? That I can tell you what where I am and what I'm doing, but you're not allowed to use that data to do anything. Is that what we are thinking of privacy? I, I, think, I think where you're going with this is can you decide to turn on and off if we were talking about cybersecurity we will call it maybe control right like to, to, what would you want it to share at any given time when it's a, you have a return by sharing something because okay let's let's take amazon as an example they know what you buy and they suggest you things i mean they kind of invented that <laughs> In a way, and uh, yeah. or Netflix, right? I mean, we talked about this in the in the past, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, music, and and it's kind of cool. Like you know, if you don't know, I don't like this kind of things. Don't don't suggest it to me. But at the same time, right. you do know, and I think that the bottom line is that people are not really realizing how much they are sharing, and they are not willingly sharing maybe, but they don't realize to the extent of what it's going to come back to them. It's not just the good product, but also sharing the fact that, I don't know, maybe you're going through some health issues and you're looking for something that by aggregating the data, it's easy to, to see it. And maybe you don't right. want to share that. And that's a scary it's, part, right? It's tough. It's tough because you don't know, and often you can. I mean, I know, but I realize sometimes, screw it, just whatever, get the cookies. <laughs> what do you do? And the cookie thing is another one, right? The cookie thing is a bit of a joke. Like, who, who really has time to do when you're browsing online? Do we really go? I do that for some sites, but it's hard. I mean, you go through and you have to select which cookies you want. And so, um, the default seems to be accept all. So what have we really done <laughs> except basically legally cover our asses? I mean, that's what we, I think most, most companies legally have covered their asses and 
said, right, we, you've told you and you accepted it, so now we can do whatever we want. So we've literally put a Band-Aid on top of But But, but do, you, do you think that the everyday user, I mean, you, you love technology. We both talk about even the title of right. this series, which, again, usually right. is four of us, but it's a two. It's like once upon a time tomorrow, we like to compare the analog with the digital and what technology used to be and what right. it is now. I'm wondering if either both actually the native mobile generation like smartphone right. internet yep. but also people like us we just do we know to what extent we are dealing with i mean maybe we do because it's kind of our job you are also in security and you know and i talk about that all the time but the everyday person doesn't really care anymore and do they, oh, they don't understand like do they understand the concept? I mean, for me, that, that's the thing, right? I mean, I see parents posting their minor kids' photographs and whereabouts, and I think that's that's where, it, for me, that's sort of a gray area where, okay, the minor kid's not able to make decisions for, uh, they're not able to make decisions for themselves, yet, and the parents are basically doing this for their benefit, getting clicks on social media. So what, so imagine a kid by the time, he or she uh, um, or they go to college everything about them is already known so there's nothing you discover people people can just look at their social media profile or their parents social media profile and say I, I already know these things now there's a good and bad part of it it can it can um, maybe it can allow the college or the institution to sort of organize groups where where they see um, people easily assimilating uh, with each other and, and getting along nicely. But the, the flip side is that there is one, there is nothing new to discover. There's no discovery. Like I already know everything about you Two, I have now data that I can potentially use or misuse to, to manipulate you. And I think that's what people don't realize. Like if, if I, if I, I mean, I'm just using a very simple example, oversimplifying. If I say my, if I say my kid's favorite thing is chocolate cake, and that person will do anything for chocolate cake, it's it's a weakness. Now somebody reading in college, and like, all right, if I want this person to do my homework, or I can just offer, I bribe them. With, so stuff like that. I mean, I'm just oversimplifying, but I'm just saying that data yeah. and how powerful data can be, uh, and how bad it can be in the wrong hands. And then do we? And while our kids don't know the implications of sharing stuff, do we as adults have a responsibility to sort of, I mean, in, in this TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook generation, um, do we do we have responsibility to educate people about, hey, data once out there is there permanently, and while it might get you likes today. Five years later, that data might be the exact thing that you don't want online. Yeah. So how do we? Yeah, I I just published a, an episode actually, and uh, it, it's it's a book. It's called Growing Up in Public: Coming of Age in a Digital World, and this is what with a with an expert. And it was an amazing conversation where she she's she's talking about all these things like we as parents or as younger generation we put everything online, and can we? 
can we evaluate what the consequences of this is? And we, we do it so freely. And, and I, I'm thinking about what you just said. And, you know, like when you have the, the questions to prove that the account yours, like the city you were born, your first car, right. your favorite movie. And I can put anything yeah. I want because you don't know. I mean, until the internet. Now now you may know where I was born, of course. But, you know, what was my first car? I didn't post a picture of my first car on the internet. Now, it, technically, you can go back from the day that somebody was born yeah. and rebuild an entire... I mean, I'm going yeah. dystopian here, but you can rebuild an entire persona of this Absolutely. individual because you know everything or most of the thing that this person has done and he wasn't even this person that posted the parents did the grandparents did their you know the uncle did. Some, some detail like like you said what's your favorite car your favorite restaurant your first time you met so and so um that's a lot of personal data well i mean i never and this is this is something for people that if you ever encounter that kind of question don't put the city you were born in. Just choose a random city that you can remember. Mm-hmm. Then use that. Don't choose your favorite car. Choose choose something else that you can remember. So that way, uh, that way. And the other thing is, like, what's your favorite song? Like, my favorite song changes every week. <laughs> so, I know, right? <laughs> so, but your first car, to- your first car doesn't. That's your first exactly. car. So yeah, you, you're going to have to lie. You have to lie. You ha- well, so that become, that makes it interesting, right? So there's certain data that is, that is, I would say, non-permanent, right? But your first car, your date of birth, the city you were born in, this is permanent. It is literally written in stone as far as you're concerned. Now, if that is out there, it just is just people can, like you said, build your whole history and sort of predict what potentially um, with enough data can predict what you might be able to do. So, so they might, and I'm, I'm looking at just the, all, all the, the nefarious side of it. They, they might be able to say, all right, if we want Marco to act a certain way, this is the kind of inputs we need to feed him. And now we've totally, so they, they're, they're manipulating you subliminally or, or, or they're very, it's like a subversive, I'm guessing, I'm guessing um, advertising agencies and marketing companies do that all the time, but now this is going to a different level. So, so, so that, that's never, never mind that, which is important. You know, I mean, there's always been the, the, yeah. the will to classify a specific niche, a target audience. And I remember one of the thing I used to, when I used to study yeah. a lot of branding and advertising, even back in the 50s and the 60s, like, you know, Madison Avenue, the, the biggest agency right. in New York. The truth is that they were psychologists. I mean, you you study the sociology, the psychology of how a certain message can make right. you react in a certain way. But right. you didn't really know exactly who was going to react so I remember Henry Ford used to say, I know that half of what I spend in advertising is wasted, but I don't know which half is, right? You're, kind of, you're getting the return, you know it works. But then with digital marketing, we actually know <laughs> what is that 50% that yeah. works. We even know what is that 10% that works. And as you get granular, you said, you could technically 
apply that to even more than just selling a product. You can do social engineering online and with AI, and now we can bring the, the famous artificial intelligence in the conversation. You can yeah. do it even more. You can automate the whole thing, right? I, I can yeah. just feed a bunch of data and say, all right, tell me five things that Mark was going to do next week. And, and that's going to get, it's going to be faster, easier. And probably accurate. Yeah. And, and probably, yeah, fairly accurate. And the accuracy just is going to... So, so then do we then decide and say, you know, yeah, maybe maybe the other form of security, other form of privacy is if, if every, you show everything to everyone, there's nothing more to see. People lose interest. And all people like... They, they, no one person can have an advantage over you. It, it's, a, it's a term in cybersecurity. If people know exactly what's going on, then they know... You want to do things in the open, so... Everybody knows what's going on. So anything outside of that is seen as an anomaly. So is that the world we are going into where everything is out in the open? And so once it's out in the open, there is no unfair advantage that somebody can take over you. But it's a big, it's a big question. Where do, where do governments come into this? We've already seen <laughs> that in China. Basically, now they're saying that, hey, if you're a bad citizen, there are certain perks that's taken away from you. And so... Are we are we heading to a dystopian nineteen eighty four situation? I mean, we probably in some Black ways Mirror, there. Black Mirror <laughs> episode. <laughs> well, yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? Like where the guy had to come and replay the last twenty four hours or forty eight hours, and now the, everything. So, is that the society we are heading towards? And more importantly, is that what we want? And, and also we... another another thing is: Do we have a choice? Because that's that's the other thing. I was going to say, I'm assuming at this point, I mean, there's literally no choice. I mean, if you are using a cell phone, which a majority of the population on the planet is, and if you're, you, you forget cell phones, if you're using credit cards anywhere, even if you take yourself off internet and you take decide you're not, you're going to still use the landline, most societies are sort of moving towards a cashless society. So, and using credit card, I mean, I think they, they have more data than anybody else. So, so we do, do we then, instead of trying to worry about privacy and cookies and stuff like that, figure out, okay, this is already out there. How do we live with it? And how do we, how do we move forward from here in such a way that, um, that somebody who has access to personal data about someone else cannot take advantage of them or cannot, without their consent? Where does consent come into this? That's an interesting one. Where does the consent come into this? Okay, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna bring something up here. That is, uh, even before the internet, uh, when you go to and there was a, a special not too long ago on NPR. So you you do the fi fidelity card from uh, a big store. Let's say a store that you go every day. Let's say you know a, a big chain. You mean a loyalty card, like a loyalty card? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a loyalty card. So you go there, yeah. every other day you buy your food, you buy your medicine, you buy whatever they sell in that store. And then you get the fat discount and they know who you are. You know, you leave, you know, you're using discount coupons and, you know, they, they bribe you with that. But the one thing that they were explaining is that when they get the data on you, even if you think they do it to give you a better service to you, the truth is that they're selling their data to third parties for a lot of money oh, yeah. 
So your data is out there. They may say it's encrypted or anonymized or whatever you want, but we know we can always reconnect things. And in that case, it wasn't really anonymized because then you will get something in the, in the mail to promote a service. They're like, hmm, how do they know that I like this stuff? Well, I guess and what? The point kind of is that you did not know that your data that you gave to your favorite store, it was going to be then resold, 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 and resold till the guy you know, or the girl do the telemarketing call to you because they know how to get you. So right. I'm going back again in once upon a time before the internet, there was a re already a reality like this, but maybe it was so much smaller. I mean, that's how marketing always worked, right? That's how marketing is. I mean, that's how people kind of understood trends and stuff like that. Um, but but here's a question for you. But if you knew, and by you, I mean anyone, that that data to get that discount was going to be resold and resold and resold with your name attached to it and your address, your phone number, which, by the way, back in the day, you can just open a phone book and find your number. So where's the, say, yeah, the, where's the privacy there, there right? <laughs> My point is, would you still be okay with that because they give you a discount? Like you feel you're compensated with a value when you give something away. Question. I think we all like that. I don't we all like them, and it's it's the whole. Why would I pay full price for this if if giving you a bit of my data, which you're gonna get anyways? But what if I you could say no, you don't get this, and I pay the full price? Then who do I take advantage of? The people that need the discount in order to buy. Do we have a digital divide? Do we have a? I don't know. I don't I mean, think that's what it is. I, mean, I think the number of people, even the most staunch privacy advocates, they all love loyalty points. They all love, it's just <laughs> depending on, well, I was reading this book called Anthony Bourdain's, um, it's, um, um, it, it's a, it's a audio book. It's beautifully narrated. I forget the name. Uh, it's not called No Reservation. It is, um, ah, I have to, but he, he mentioned it. It's like, he's like, you know, in the end, we all have a price. Mm, yeah, you might not want you might not want a discount from Target, but let's say you go to Best Buy and you want to buy an expensive rest, uh, refrigerator or appliance, and there a ten percent on a fifteen thousand dollar refrigerator is quite a lot. Then you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know what? Here you go. Great. So mm. I I think the way I look at it. I think privacy has a price, and we all have a price. At which point, we don't care about privacy. Mm, weakness of we, we, the human it's a human mind. condition. Yeah. It's a human condition. Well, it's but and that's been going on over. It's it's not new, as you mentioned. It's going on from beyond, from before, where currency was used. And I think the whole, but from the barter days, I'm like, people had. People knew who wanted what. We we sort of call it different. So that's the other thing. The concierge service. When, when I go to a restaurant, and there's a couple of restaurants I frequent, they know exactly what I want, and they ask me the usual. Love it. Love the yeah. fact that I'm there, and then I don't have to. And the so, usual. That's yeah, but but that's data too, right? That's data being used, and but now it's being used to where I benefit from it, so I don't care. 
and where it's still contained, right? I mean, it's still yeah. a, 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 a manageable size, right? I mean, you, you live yeah. in a small town and you do want to go to, you know, out to the place where you know your name. You, yeah, you, you, you want to go where everybody knows your name and, you know, like, yeah. like that famous yeah. And then show. some restaurants have done that well. Yeah. Um, they, they, will, they will even, I think we went to... Um, we went to a vacation somewhere, and from the time we were checking in at the at the reception, by the time we left the reception uh, or the front desk and checked into our room, um, everybody sort of knew our names and where where we are dining. So, it, and uh, over the three days we stayed there, by the end of second day, I think our preferences were known by the staff, which, was, which felt great. But like you said, it's very contained. Once we yeah. leave, potentially that data. Uh, Goes away. Sort of maybe you come. Maybe you come back the year after, and they do yeah. have a little bit of a, a note on you. I mean, I guess a good yeah. concierge will will do that, and so you come back, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, welcome back, Mister Sosa." So how is and, that different then? Yeah, but but bring it to the next level where right. everybody could know what is your favorite restaurant because you just went into Yelp and left five stars and said. <laughs> You know, well, this is thing. great. This is my favorite, uh, my favorite dish. And now you're not telling it to the, to the hotel. You're not telling it to the restaurant. You're Everything telling the whole it to world. the world. Oh, it is there forever. Mm -hmm. so, so the question is, one. is that being used? I mean, Yelp is a great example. I mean, Yelp has been around for like what twelve or thirteen years. When I, and we've been, it, that was before Facebook or around Facebook and. Um, yeah. There was four square before that, so we were putting yep. stuff. Yeah, out and there. Trip Advisor. Now that you really know where everybody has been going, build your map here. You know, Airbnb. Yeah. Now yeah, they know how much you spend, how much you can afford, where have you been, and and I mean, given so Airbnb is probably not public, but Squarespace. Well, it's I mean, sort of. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. No. it's sort of, but yeah. Um, so given given all of this stuff, like even you and I, who are sort of a little bit old school, is is privacy or the 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 whole privacy or privacy upgrades are, are they are they just basically um, chasing something that does not exist, a, a ghost chase, or is it or is it time for us to take a step back and redefine? privacy and say privacy 50 years ago was completely different than what privacy is now and privacy maybe even 20 years from now will be absolutely different than even the kids today so and we are getting to a point where there'll be driverless cars and you'll be calling you, you never have to drive so there you go i mean now now everything people know exactly what time you wake up and leave for office and where you go and all of that stuff so um is it time for us to take a step back and say, you know, instead of fighting this whole don't share my stuff, a better way would be share my stuff, but let me know where you're sharing it. And is that a, is that a better way? Like, tell me where you're, who you're sharing it with and how they're going to use it. And, and I'm still not going to stop you, but at least I know this is happening because it's... So, that... yeah, I, I was talking about web three 
a while back. And this idea that I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but one of the idea about Web3 was about the fact that you, you have all the information encrypted, you carry it with you. And it's kind of yeah. like when you want to display your, your health record to another doctor, you can say, right. okay, here, here's my code. I'm sharing with you one time. I'm deciding it. And then I'm going to take it, I'm going to close it back. And I'm not, so, so this idea, yeah, go for it. Oh, I am passed my company. That's one of the things we do control document access. So I can send you access to my document and I can say, all right, 20 minutes, you've gone through this. I'm revoking it and you have no control over it. So, you don't even need okay. to do so for me, this conversation, it, it, it is about a new redefinition of, of privacy, although I, I think is privacy is different, different culture. They have different approach of privacy. I mean, we know in Europe, it's a little bit more than, than in the U.S., but in the U.S., you can come into my garden, even if there is no fence, because if I shoot you, I'm actually right, because it's my private property. You know, right. uh, but so the, the privacy means different thing in different culture. But I think at the, the the bottom line of our conversation, it seems to me that is is about me willing to share it with you or not. And if you're taking consent. this information of mine consent without my authorization, then you're infringing my privacy. Yeah. But if I tell you my secret, I'm the one that is doing it. But you you shouldn't give my secret to someone else. So say, hey, hey, Carrie, I have a, you know, can you keep a secret? Don't tell it to the other friends, right? When we were a kid, we used to do that. And then you knew there was somebody that somehow was going to tell someone well, else and then the secret yeah. was out. So this idea of managing the access, the web 3.0, or what you're doing now with your new company, uh, that's that's what I think we should go into nowadays, is I can take it back you, and I can give it. So how do you prevent something like, so I'm, public platforms like um, privately owned companies who've got public platforms like Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or X, um, where you're willingly soaring, and where they basically tell you like, hey, if you're on the platform, the data is public how do we so do we do we do people then need to tell people or do we need a new platform that then allows that allows you to give consent and then if you do that then how is that different from back in the day the whole point of having a social media platform is that you are reaching people you don't know or may never know but they get to see what you posted so, but you're the one do, that decide to post that. So, well, then he's on there, you. How do we well, prevent that, it? Right? But what? Like once, mean, once, you, need, you need to tell people. Once look, the stable, you you can't. It's like taking the toothpaste. Once once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube. I know, but may maybe you need an alert. Maybe you need an alert that says, hey, before you post this picture oh, of great, you yeah. being drunk or, in public or being stupid or having fun, remember, this is forever. <laughs> so it's like, an important, important bit. I, mean, I think people already know that. It's like putting warning labels on cigarette packets. I mean, uh, while it's, it's, it, it, people who smoke still look at it, and nobody reads it, right? So the alerts are going to have similar... People are going to get desensitized to the alerts, but but the alert bit, I think the other could bit could be. I mean, this could be an interesting concept where if I share something on Instagram and 
it's out there. It potentially can alert me if somebody else is reposting it or sharing it. That could be potentially, uh, I'm not even sure if it's possible. I don't know the implications of that. But that's where maybe some level of consent can come in, if at all. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's why I remember the time when we were developing a website that you would put a, you would, could stop a photo from being downloaded, right? Right. And then, and then you're like, look, it's a joke because everybody can take a screenshot. If it's on the yeah. internet, it's there. It's kind of like when okay. a celebrity posts something bad and then they take it down. Somebody already yeah. screenshot that. And to, yeah. to yeah. People, people have got screenshotting apps running in the background. They just screenshot. I mean, you can bookmark it or you can watermark it, um, which takes away the integrity of the image. And there are programs that will remove watermark. I mean, AI, this AI is... Um, applications other that remove watermark easily so so the question here is then maybe it's a time it, it's it's a good time to take a good hard look at what is privacy it's definitely not accept cookies or select cookies because that's that's absolute utter nonsense i, I think it's absolute rubbish it's not doing anything uh nobody's benefiting from that it's just another additional layer of cause it, it's like a it's like a band-aid on a deep cut which needs stitches. Maybe mm. just putting it back. So so maybe stop stop all of that and and take it away. So but how? I also feel I like, mean, uh, look when when you're reading when when Apple or Facebook or any other company send you we change our uh policies. Privacy Nobody policy. Means. Here, here is your thirty-five pages written in Helvetia's, you know, twelve. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna read it? At a certain point, you I, trust I the company or you don't, right? You trust the yeah. company or you don't. Another thing that I do, and this is my personal advice, is I know that if I'm using a free service, I know I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm I'm the product. I'm not the customer. Yeah, using a free but if I'm paying for something, then right. I may be entitled of some sort of some right. different respect. Yeah, right. Right. So that's that's another thing. I mean, I, I feel like people want everything free because we make them believe that Facebook is free, that Twitter is free, and and all the other social media is free. Exactly, but they're IPO and they're worth so much money because they sell advertising. Hmm. Wonder how do they do that? Yeah, how do they right. make some money? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, um, Marco. I think I think it's time to take a good hard look at privacy. And, and maybe a lot of the privacy nonsense is also also the legality of it, right? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of law firms just making it, it. Everybody, half half the terms and conditions, if you look at it, mean nothing except to protect the the company whose platform you're using is protect them. Um, like in case this gets leaked or somebody else uses it just so that, you know, you have given us consent for it. And I think it's the whole, you've indemnified us from any future lawsuits and stuff like that. Yeah. There's the, that's the legal side of stuff. It's also a big variable in that. Like that, 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 that's a big one too. And in this country, unfortunately, anyone can sue anyone. So that makes it even more tricky. And that, sorry, my dog. And then there are the thing too. Is like, you know, I can send you pet products. 
exactly. Well, I have one on my profile too on uh, on online, so everybody knows that. But I think the problem is also that it's all over the place. So you you mentioned that, like, how many time are you going to say? no to the cookies when you know you've been on that website and then you come back and they ask you again but you're already opt-in by default and you have to opt out first of all i think you should always be opt out by default and you actually opt in in. so so regulation is important but then as a european citizen let's say you are not in europe then you you're not subject to the cookie GDPR regulation, but as an American, if you are in Europe, then you are dealing with all the GDPR regulation. So it's 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 the internet. It's everywhere. It's it, how do you put well, boundaries on it? I think the way I look at it, I think, and there's no way you can anonymize the data, you can encrypt the data, you can do whatever the heck you want for it. There's enough data out there. If somebody wants to build a profile of you and decide um, they, they want to build a persona and, and sell you stuff or do stuff which uh, allows them to tailor stuff for you. I think that's enough data out there. I think the, the thing is that if you don't want people to know about stuff, don't post it online. I think that's the only thing I can say. Like, <laughs> be careful. Be careful about, um, about you, what you post, about your kids. Let them make the decisions. It's like don't don't make the decisions for them. And don't like birthday parties and stuff. Great to share with relatives who are not there, but why does it need to be on on Instagram or Facebook or X where everybody in there or Snapchat where everybody in their aunt can look at it? Why do you care? Do you really have a thousand friends who care? Nobody gives a rat's ass about about your kid's birthday or what you did. Unless you're a travel yeah. writer and you're going all the places and they want to know your stuff, but otherwise, like most most people, yeah, celebrities, a classic example. All the celebrities who've got millions of followers and they use it to do what? Basically, they get paid. They use their follow. They 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 are the advertising now. They instead of advertising banners, now you've got celebrities wearing these things and influencing people. So and often they are paid a lot of money to do that. But you, me, as a normal individual, we just you know it makes me think like that. Fifteen minutes of fame, Andy Warhol back in the seventies when he said that. Um, now you get the fame when you don't want it. You you, you well, are. I was going to say interview. What you're proud of today could be something you're not really proud of. Maybe five years from now. Who knows? I mean, there are a lot of things that we do on the spur of the moment, and you post it, and then we think it's great. People are liking it and hearts and stuff. But three years down the line, you might be in a life situation where that data should not be public. So that's something it I personally do. Think- it may cost you a job, it may cost you job, a, politi- a political make your career. Yeah, make your insurance premiums higher. Um, like, for example, <laughs> we races motorcycles and, and or crashed a bunch of bikes and you, you're proud of it. Oh, I crashed and I survived. But guess what? Three years mm. later, you go to buy a new bike and they're like, your insurance is going to be like five times the cost because you know what? You've been crashing bikes and posting stuff. So it, it's you've got to be careful about what you post out there, knowing that privacy as we know, that's my take. I think privacy as we know is gone. The cookie stuff and the GDPR is all absolute rubbish. It does not protect you. It only protects the companies that that they just don't want to be sued. Um, Just be more diligent about what you post out there. 
yeah. and understand that it's not today. Understand the consequences of your of your data in the future. Um, once upon a time, tomorrow. That's a it's a classic. That that that's a it's a great. This this is great. Like, think about the future. Yep. I agree. And I think to close here, it's, it's exactly very, very similar to our first episodes where we said you can fight as much as you want, but the train of the, you know, in that case was generative AI has left the station. We talk about movies. So if you get the opportunity, just go back on the first episode and listen to it. But we ended up saying yeah. it's here to stay. We We cannot shut the door and roll back. Yeah, we, we need to learn how to deal with it. And I think the best way to learn how to deal with it is to be conscious that it exists, even in our case, and really think about what we do and, and adapt to it. Like we've always done. That's a good thing about being human. We're pretty good at adapting. Yep. Yep. But, you know, we need to think about stuff a little bit a little bit more. Yeah. So I think that's the lesson today, Gary. It, it is. It is. Privacy, as you know, has changed. Your data is out there. Um, stop paying attention to GDPR and privacy policies and stuff like that. Understand, take a little bit of responsibility for your own data and know that it's out there and, and perhaps learn how to use it. Uh, yeah, learn how to use it versus trying to fight it. Yeah, you, I, think, I think it's worth it. It's worth to 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 you know, to open the the hood and look at the engine once in a while, like new social yeah. media you're about to subscribe to, the new the new gadget that is connected to the internet, like know where that information go. And then you can make your decision. If you don't care, you don't care. At least yeah. you know well, and you consciously don't care. Well, why do you why are you posting that? And that's a great question to ask. I think that's what I would yeah. leave people before you post anything or anything publicly. Ask what's the motivation for you to post it? Is it just to get a few likes and hearts, or is it really meaningful to somebody else? And and then the other question to ask is, okay, a year from now, would you still be happy that this data is out there that can be used? Because after the first 30 seconds, your the people who are giving you likes no longer care. They're never going back to it. But that data is there permanently, and is that something you're okay with. So the, the why becomes important. Like, why am I posting this? Or why does this mm -hmm. need to go up? And yeah. kind of and come why do I need thing? to be on that, on that social media? Do I need to be in every possible social media existing there just because yeah. it's there? It's a, uh, you know, it's a little bit too much and it's a lot of pressure. I can it see a kid being like, you know, social pressure. We all doing something and you need to do it too. Otherwise you're going to be the, the awkward in the group. And, I think you, you should be able to do whatever you, you want to do, but use your brain and, and use your judgment. Not because everybody yep. does, but you need to do it as well. So that's the lesson. Carrie. thank you for your time. We ended up doing a good 40 minutes. And uh, and I, maybe next time we'll talk about music and AI as we were planning. And uh, yep. we'll figure yep. out where. We're going to do a little open source uh, investigation here and figure out where Raphael and <laughs> let's do the Marcus <laughs> time to look at Marcus and Raphael post see what they've been up to <laughs> yeah what, you better you better have a good excuse they better have a good excuse especially uh, if if uh, if Sean's posting pictures from London and he's telling me that he's sick <laughs> not sure about that <laughs> we'll figure it out all right everybody thank you so much there'll be notes probably a, a, an excuse to write something for my newsletter 
in thinking about how privacy has changed with technology. So stay tuned and Kerry, next time you, you, you'll find all the, 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 the way to connect with Kerry on, uh, on our notes. If he wants to share it, because, you know, maybe private. Absolutely, so yes. We don't know. If, 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 I'm, if it's out there in the public, if I've shared some stuff, it is, it is for public consumption. All right. Bye, everybody. Perfect. Thank you for listening and watching, if you're watching. And uh, catch up next time. See ya. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Black Cloak provides concierge cybersecurity protection to corporate executives and high net worth individuals to protect against hacking, reputational loss, financial loss, and the impacts of a corporate data breach. Learn more at blackcloak.io. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Society podcast, hosted by Marco Cipelli. If you learned something new, and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine podcast network with your friends, family, and colleagues. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.